Good morning. I'd like to start by reading a couple of verses of Scripture. John 11, verses 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Job 1, verse 21. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Revelation 14, verse 13. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. We're gathered together this morning to remember and to celebrate the life of Herman Miller, who is now, his body being dead, alive in spirit and in the presence of his God. And so we're here this morning to remember his life. Um, his ashes are here in the front, wrapped like a gift um, by, by Donna, because Herman was indeed and is a gift to us. His life was a gift. And so we're here to, to remember that gift, to celebrate it, and then also to remember that Herman is, is even now still alive together with the Lord. As we begin our time together, let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the life of your servant, Herman, and we pray that this morning as we remember and celebrate his life and as we mourn his death, that the comforting presence of your Holy Spirit would be with us, that you would comfort those who mourn, that you would comfort the broken hearts of his family and his friends. And we pray, Lord, that as we are reminded today of the reality of life and of death, that you would make us more ready to live the rest of our lives in light of eternity that you'd prepare us to face our own deaths without fear in the hope that you have given to all of us who've trusted in Christ. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to start this morning by singing together. If you'd stand with me. And in your uh, program, there's a, there's a sheet with a few songs on it. We'll start by singing, How Great Thou Art. When through the 
singing. In talking with Donna about um, songs and scripture to include in the service, Donna mentioned 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, which is a wonderful passage speaking about the, the hope that that we have in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, and, and we'll read uh, some selected verses. Beginning in verse 1. For we know that if the tent, which is our earthly home, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, 
longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So, we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. Verse 14, for the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is God's word. Stand with me again and uh, turn in your song sheet to Christ our hope in life and death. our hope in life and death, Christ alone, Christ alone, what is our only confidence, that our souls to him belong, who holds our days within his hand, what comes apart from his command, and what will keep. Love. 
months ago, I, I visited Herm and Donna, and I sat down at their dining room table, and Herm was there in his seat at the head of the table, and, uh, and I asked Herm, Herm, how you doing? How are you feeling? And this was his answer, and I quote, huh. Which is, which is typical, not really an answer. That's something that I appreciate about Herm. First of all, sometimes he was not a man of many words, but, um, but also that I, I never had to expect any pretense from Herm. He told you how it was. So I'll try to be a man of few words this morning and tell you how it is. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you'd help me to speak well and that you give us hope according to your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Fortunately, Herman did come around to giving me a straight answer. Um, and, uh, and he had sort of two answers. 
How is he doing physically? Not well. How is he doing spiritually? He was trusting in the Lord. And that was the case every time I've spoken with him in the last year, that he expressed his assurance in the face of death that he knew where he was going. Herman had hope. Herman had hope in Christ. I want to look this morning at 1 Peter 1. This is a passage that Donna suggested to me. I, I think it's good. Because in 1 Peter 1, in the first nine verses or so, the Apostle Peter lays out the central hope of the Christian. What is it that, that we can have hope in Christ for? And so here Peter lays out the Christian hope. Peter lays out Herm's hope. What was Herm's hope? 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There's a lot of life going on in that verse. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again. Like, he's given us new life. He's, he's talking here to Christians. He's explaining, this is what's happened to everyone who's believed in Christ. According to God's mercy, he's given us this new life. He's caused us to be born again to a living hope. So that the Christian has new life, has a living hope, and all of this through the resurrection of Jesus, so that the new life of the Christian, that the living hope of the Christian is grounded in the living Christ, that Jesus is alive. And the life in this verse, the life that's promised in Christ, is in stark contrast to the life before knowing Christ, life in this world, sort of by default, we all come into this world and, and there's thir- certain things that we can expect, certain realities that are, that are obvious to us all, whatever we believe about God, that death is real, that death comes to us all, that none of us will escape it, that this world is somehow in some fundamental way broken, that we maybe despite our denial at times, that we ourselves, that parts of our hearts are broken, flawed fundamentally, that there's, there's something wrong with the world and something wrong with our hearts and that, and that we long for it to be made new. We long for something to change. And we also know that as we look around in the world, there's not much hope that things will change, at least in terms of our own ability. And so in thinking about the fundamental reality of the world, as we meet it, we're dealing with death and we're dealing with sin. We're dealing with the fact that we, our bodies will die and that our hearts are fundamentally flawed. And the hope of Christ, the hope of new life that Peter lays out here in verse 3, is that both of these things can find renewal in Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So according to the Apostle Peter, something about what Jesus did can actually give us hope in the face of the darkness of the world that we meet. Something about Jesus' death and resurrection actually changes things. And in the rest of the chapter, he lays out what this is. First of all, he lays out, well, skip back to verse 2, that in Christ we're sprinkled with his blood. In verse 18, that those who believe in Christ are ransomed from their former ways. So what did Jesus do in his death and resurrection that can give us hope? First of all, he died for sins. Christ, the sinless Son of God, bore in himself our sin and the death our sins deserve. The fundamental reality of this world is that we, we have turned aside from our God and from the author of life. And to turn aside from the author of life is actually to choose death. To cut ourselves off from the source of life. Like trimming a flower at its stem. You may, it may live and bloom for a while, but eventually it will shrivel and die. That's what it is to turn from God. And so we need somehow for this fundamental breach to be restored, for our sins to be forgiven, to be reconciled to God. And so on the cross, as Jesus died, Jesus actually bore the penalty due our sin. He actually died in our place so that we could be reconciled to God. And not only that, because Jesus didn't just die like everyone else. Everyone from the beginning, everyone's died. Jesus died, and then he rose from the dead. Amen. Death couldn't hold Jesus. Jesus broke death. And the hope of the Christian is that the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead didn't stop there. That from that epicenter, actually, the resurrection power of God is radiating out, and Jesus is making all things new. And the promise is that we who have hoped in Christ can actually be made new. That our, our broken and flawed hearts can actually be restored. And even that our bodies, though they may die in this life, will be raised again at the second coming of Christ. And not only that, but that when Christ comes again, he will make the, the heavens and the earth new. That Jesus is in the business of making all things new. Amen. That's a living hope. That's the hope Herman had in the face of death. Life in Christ forever. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. Now, usually you get an inheritance when someone else dies. But the Christian hope is that we get an inheritance when we die. That for all those who, who die trusting in Christ, an inheritance is waiting beyond the grave. That is, life eternal with God forever. 
an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you with your name on it. Herman Miller, eternal life. For you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This is a wonderful reality. The promise here is that actually God actively guards Christians. He actually holds on to them. And this is Herman's hope in the face of death that God was holding on to him. I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he is able. Herman had hope. It was a living hope. And it was a durable hope. Now Herman, Herman, as we've already said, he said things like they were, right? Didn't beat around the bush. And there wasn't any danger of pretense. And so when Herman told me that he was trusting in Christ and that, that he knew where he was going, I didn't suspect that this was a mere veneer of religion. That he thought it half-heartedly. Herman was all in. And his faith stood even the test of great trial. Verse 6. In this you rejoice. That is, in this great life you rejoice. Which you would if you believed it. right? In this great hope of Jesus making everything new, the Christian rejoices. Though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. And if you've been watching Herman Donna the last two years, what have they been doing? Rejoicing amidst trials. Some homes, when they're beset, by great trial, great difficulty, great sickness, there's like a pall of darkness that falls over them. I don't know. I assume most of you have been in the Miller home at some point in the last year. No pall of darkness. The light of joy. Why? Hope in Jesus. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What trial, what difficulty does to the faith of the Christian is it purifies it like gold over a fire, all the dross being burnt off. Fake faith won't stand the fire of trial. Herman Miller didn't have fake faith. He had a durable hope. Even in the face of death, he believed it. That Christ would hold him fast. Verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. 
Again, this is the life of faith. This is the posture of the Christian, knowing Christ, loving Christ, trusting Christ, longing, groaning for God to make all things new and doing it by faith, not having yet seen, not having yet obtained. Herman Miller is no longer living in hope or walking by faith. His hope, his faith has become sight. Scripture says, hope that is seen is not hope. If you've received the inheritance, you're not hoping for it anymore. You're rejoicing in it. And that's what Herm's doing even now. Rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Herman has obtained the outcome of his faith. His faith has become sight, and he, he is alive even now in the presence of his Savior. Hallelujah. Herman doesn't need a sermon about hope anymore. <laughs> we need a sermon about hope. Amen. We need a word about hope. We who still live in a dark world groaning for all things to be made new, we still need hope. And, and I, I think if Herman was here, he would, he would unashamedly want me to tell you to put your hope in Christ. His hope was in Christ. His faith was in Christ. Christ was his rock even in the face of death. And I would ask you this morning, do you have that hope? Have you put your trust in Christ? Do you have hope in the face of the darkness of this world and the great dragon death? Because Christ has defeated death. There is hope. There is light available. And there is eternal life for those who would put their faith and their trust in Jesus turn from their sins, turn back to God and trust in him. We read verse three, according to his great mercy, our God is merciful. He has a tender heart. He has a tender heart towards broken, lonely people wandering in the darkness of this world. And in Jesus, he is calling each one, come home. And I would exhort you this morning, if you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you do not have hope in him, go to him, run to him, Amen. and find in him your hope and your salvation, the hope that Herman lived and died and is alive even now in. I want us to pray together. Father, Father, we need you and we groan in the brokenness of this world, and we're, especially in a moment like this, made so clearly aware of the reality of death, and we long, Lord, for life, for hope in the darkness, for you to make us new and to make all things new. We ask, Father, that you would forgive us our sins, that you would reconcile us to yourself through the blood of Christ. We believe that Jesus lived and died, that he died for the forgiveness of our sins, 
that he died in our place, our substitute, and that he rose again from the dead on the third day, defeating death. And Lord, we want that resurrection in our own lives. We pray that you would make our hearts new, that we would be born again by your spirit, and that we would walk in newness of life and in the living hope of the living Savior, Jesus. I pray especially, Father, for those here who may not know that hope, that you would do a work in their hearts by your Spirit, drawing them to you, wooing them to you, and that in Jesus' name they might find hope. We thank you, Father, for your servant, Herman, and we thank you for the assurance that he is alive even now. I pray, Lord, that you'd be with us, especially with his family as they mourn. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. In a few moments, we'll have a time for family and friends to uh, share a memory, an anecdote, um, anything that comes to mind that you feel you'd want to share about Herman. First, we're going to sing a, a hymn. Again, it's in your, uh, in your song sheet, Victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. Let's stand together. He has built for me in glory. 
heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea about the angels singing and the old redemption story and some sweet day i'll sing up there the song of victory oh victory in jesus my savior forever he sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me ere i knew him and all my love is to him he plunged me to victory a seat. The time now for any of you who'd, who'd like to share something, a, a story, a memory, um, anything you'd like to share about Herman, and uh, you can feel free to, to do so um, either standing up where you are um, or coming over to that mic or up to this mic, and that'll just help folks in the back and who are hard of hearing hear a bit better. <laughs> oh, um, my name is Brittany. Um, I am Vicky's oldest daughter. Um, so when I read this, I'll be saying, you know, Papa, Grandpa, Father. But you guys can insert uh, friend, husband, cousin, brother, uh, whatever uh, suits you. <clears throat> Papa's kids and grandkids are all <coughs> are all over the place, literally. We cover the whole U.S. coast to coast, but also in our lives, who we are, what we believe, what we do. It's beautiful. And you can't say that he didn't love you all. Did he show it to each of us the same? No. Papa had a rough upbringing, worse than we could imagine, especially for our Papa. But that's what he came from. And you know what? He always tried to do better. Was he a good father raising y'all? No. Did he do better than his? Yes. Was he the perfect father after he got saved? No. Was he better than he was before? Yes. Was he the perfect grandfather? No. Was he better to us than he was to y'all? Yeah. Was he a perfect father in the end? Nobody's perfect. Could you see that he was still trying to be better for us all? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but really, Papa, ugh, Papa never stopped trying to be better. Thank you, Papa. Sister, Jen, and uh, 
this cowboy hat at me. He said, you better grow up, Jennifer, because boy, life is long. And uh, I just want to say that I love you all. together. We, I've known her all my life. She's a year older than I am. And I want to tell you, that boy was strange. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, when she couldn't help, I love him. I mean, you know, you get so mad, but <laughs> he, he was always good in his heart, and I think he was destined to become uh, a man of God, and we used to, we did everything together. Play in the bands, go swimming, Fourth of July's, we, we, sometimes we were all having family get-togethers. We came from a big family in the beginning, we all ended up kind of small except Donna's family. <laughs> They're huge. <laughs> but, Fourth uh, of July's, we were like in Bar Harbor growing up, and we all grew up in the same neighborhood, you know, his father had a farm, Grammy, Grandpa Grammy had the farm, and all the uncles, the whole neighborhood was relatives. I'm not kidding, they were all relatives. And so I went everywhere, so they know me. And then he somehow ended up on the island, and then they moved <coughs> a few times out of state, kind of, but you know, Hermie was always Hermie. So you guys knew one side of him. I knew the other. <laughs> um, I didn't want to do this because I'm not sad. I am so happy my husband is where he is. He's with Christ and he's happier. He has inexpressible joy. <laughs> and um, he's happier than we could ever possibly know. And I wouldn't want him to come back from that. Um, Herman loved God and he loved God's creation that's why we, we sang that first song that we sang because it's about God's creation and he loved the ocean y'all know that he loved to be out on the water he loved to plant he loved to grow things he loved to see things grow um, and Herman did not know the meaning of the word work. He didn't. Everything Herman did was fun. He would get out there in the spring when the frost wasn't even out of the ground, on his hands and knees, digging dandelions. Come on, Donna, get out here and help me. Um, no, that's an inconvenience for me. That's work. No, it's fun. He loved his chickens. and. Come on, Donna, let's go work with the chicken. And I'm like, nah, that's work. That's an inconvenience. No, it's fun. It, the garden. Oh, let's go weed the garden. Uh, that's work. <laughs> no, that's fun. He enjoyed, Hermie enjoyed life. 
He loved his friends. He loved his family. He showed it in a different way because the way he was brought up, it was very hard for him to show the kind of love that we can freely show one another. But trust me, he loved each and every one of you. And he would want to know that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't have one, please don't put it off. Someday, he wants to see you in heaven with him. I love you all, too. Thank you so much for coming. Can we bring our dandelion digger? <laughs> <laughs> just bring the dandelions. <laughs> I like to eat them. I just don't like to eat them. Hi, my name is Fred Thomas. Not to confuse with Fred the Sun. <laughs> yeah, but I grew up on Islesboro. So. I was part of that chapter, which never ended, because once I met him, I just stuck around with him pretty much as much as I could. Uh, I have a lot of stories, but kind of like the funniest one was one time we were out in the bay, lobstering, and he had an old fiberglass open boat. And that thing, I swear, the only way it ever stayed together was because he was a religious man, and God <laughs> Because I tell you, you could see the ripples of the waves in the bottom of that boat as we were going along. Like, honestly, I'm not kidding. But, oh yeah, it was the sides were flapping, the bottom, you could see the ripples. But, oh, he loved it. And we'd almost eat ourselves to death with crab rolls. We put crab meat on crab roll or hamburger rolls and put butter in the frying pan, heat them things up. And some days we couldn't even go back to work after lunch. <laughs> yeah, I could go on and on. But I really love Herman and the family, I love the family. And I'm so happy to know that Herman's in a much better place. Amen. This is for me. Thank you. He's like me. You don't like all his attention and stuff. Thank you, Fred. God, he loved you. I knew he was going to pass. We all did. He knew. He talk about it. He didn't cry about it. Didn't whine me. When my mom told me, all I could think is my hero's gone. I hear people say, oh, he wasn't perfect this way, wasn't perfect that way. What hero was? What hero was perfect? Jesus was perfect. I remember how broken he was, how hurt he was, how he suffered before he met Jesus. He met him at AA, trying to get clean, trying to get his life better. 
Did it make him perfect? Perfect now. Hey. <laughs> Bet on that. Did he know where he was going? He didn't, he didn't have faith that he was going somewhere. He didn't have hope. He knew. And most of you, he tried to tell you. So listen. It's real. He used to take me on his truck rides when I was a little, I don't know, five, something, six, because I talk so much, keep him awake. <laughs> Y'all know that about me. <laughs> I don't know too many short stories, so I'll try not to. We'll all talk a lot later. But when you follow a hero, it's because he's leading you somewhere. Taught me how to work. He never let me feel like I wasn't loved. He made sure that I knew about that. He didn't get that so much in his life. If he had a rough exterior, if he said, <clears throat> you could tell if it was a yes or a no. <laughs> That's all he needed. And I'll just say this. I watched my hero as he faced death. Straight on. With the same fearlessness the man could do he just scratch his head and there I go I'm gonna do it you know and that's he did this he, he showed us how to handle this thing that we're all gonna face someday you can cry and kick and scream or you can have that knowledge and you can know where you're going dad ain't here He'd be awful glad to see all you are. Thank you. I didn't know Herman until he came to this church. And then I got to know him. And over the last few years, I've gotten to know him better since Luther and I got married. And Herman became a bit of a mentor to Luther, especially after we lost our pastor. Before. Herman liked to um, tweak me. He knew what would get me. <laughs> yes, he did. But he also liked to teach. Oh, he loved to garden. And every time it came spring, he had to talk to me about this green bean and that green bean and this company and that company and planting. And then he'd be asking me all summer long, how are your green beans doing? How are your tomatoes doing? He loved gardening, but he loved the Lord more. And he loved his kids. And he loved to talk about them. But he did like to tweak you. And he liked to ask you hard questions. But when it came right down to it, he loved his Lord. More than he loved his wife, but she came number two. 
but he made sure when he talked to you that you knew who the Lord was and that you were a Christian. And if you weren't, he was going to talk to you about it because he knew what life was like without the Lord. When you know what life is like without the Lord, you're so grateful to have him. So for those of you who have him as family, you had an awesome dad or grandfather or uncle, whatever that relationship. And every one of us who has him as a friend will never forget those things he taught us. And for a lot of us, and I hope every one of you here are going to see him again. And when we get there, he's going to make that famous grunt and say, what took you so long? <laughs> else have something to share? There'll be all kinds of opportunity to share and, and reminisce after the service as well. There's lots of food out there, according to <laughs> Donna. She's made sure of it, so stick around and, and stuff yourself. Um, we have some special music now, um, Scars in Heaven. Makes me sick. 
For as much as it has pleased Almighty God of his great mercy to take unto himself the soul of our dear brother Herman here departed, we therefore commit his ashes to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, in sure and certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our perishable body that it may be like his own glorious body according to the mighty working of his spirit, whereby he is able to subdue all things to himself and make all things new. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, the spirits of those who depart in the Lord are even now with you. And with you, the souls of the faithful rest in joy and are at peace. We praise and magnify your name for all your servants who have finished their course and kept the faith. And as we commit our brother Herman to your keeping, we pray that together with him and together with all who've departed in the faith, that we too would have our perfect consummation and bliss, both in body and soul, in your everlasting and eternal glory. And this we pray through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to leave you with the words of Psalm 23. <coughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And even now he dwells in the house of the Lord. Amen. Forever. Amen.